0: Critic Colette Maud of Time Out said this movie was far too cozy to serve as an effective social or political metaphor. Rob Voe of Flipside Movie Emporium called it a toothless message movie, timidly espousing homogenized morals and terrified of offending anyone. And Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times called it a film of great love and patience. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of driving Miss Daisy. Re
1: re re.
2: Which one will it be?
0: It's the Ruined Childhood podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Hi, Starfighters. It's time to climb onto the galactic starship that takes us into the universe of film and cinema and reboots and remakes and sequels and prequels and from cult classics to Academy Award winners.
3: Yeah. We're talking about an Academy Award. Controversial Academy Award winner.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, a movie
3: that is so controversial for the Academy Award that it has its own Wikipedia section, Academy Awards Controversy. Yeah, we're clearly going to be getting to that. Um, but first, you you started on a real Last Starfighter mode with the greeting starfighters and the starship. Do you know the news? Ooh, what, your face uh, Your face Every time turned. I... I'm sorry, because every time I hear, do you
0: know the news, I look outside to see if everything is just fucking on fire.
3: The new, well, why would I say that coming off of you talking about or referencing The Last Starfighter?
0: I don't know, because it's time to hit the death blossom our weapon of last resort.
3: <laughs> so according to Slash Film, Jonathan Boutel, who co-wrote the original film, do you, have you heard any of this? Um, I mean, I, k- keep going. I just, I, I follow one of the screenwriters. Who's, okay. So yeah. there is a recent Last Starfighter sequel update and explain that he's still working on a follow-up film with Rogue One, a Star Wars story writer, Gary Witta. And finally, after years of trying to secure the rights, and it, this is a quote, it looks like we'll be making the deal to get it going. looks like we'll be making the deal, to, um... Gary is a gifted collaborator. We'll be writing the script together, but it's taken a long time. I had to go through the process that took years to recapture the rights. But that was recently completed, and although nothing is ever clear sailing, it looks like we'll have a really good opportunity now. So I'm really looking forward to taking it up. Um, so he waved away rumors that the project could be a TV series, and instead doubled down on the fact that it will be a movie with all the bells and whistles, and it won't presuppose that you've seen the original film. There'll be references here and there, but it'll still carry, but it'll carry the saga forward. As for story details, he explained that the leads are now parents, and time has passed. It's not a remake. It's going to continue the story. What's changed is time itself, certainly as the video world and alien world have continued to take away. It's not a time capsule of the 80s by any means. We're taking it to the next level, passing the torch or the joystick. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm excited. This this property is very meaningful. It's so meaningful to us that we start every episode of this podcast with greetings, Starfighters, which is and, from that movie, and you know, I this came up. I also in, have a tattoo of it on my arm. <laughs> he does
0: this. It also came up in in class today in my 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 language arts class. Really? Um. Well, yeah, because I was you know every day I like to have a little warm up, something that that first of all kind of gets everybody to check in. It's just something you know that everybody can kind of throw in on. And it also gives time because some kids are – you know, they have – computer. like so many times they'll say they opened up their computer and went to sign on to class and the computer rebooted. Right. Yeah, which happens frequently and I tell them I'm like this happens to all of us. So my like entry task today was – for students to type or paste like an image or GIF of their their favorite greeting, their favorite the okay. thing that they say to welcome people, to make them feel welcome, or perhaps what they like said to them. hmm Okay. And I explained that mine was greetings, but I said, I was like, and if I ever happen to say greetings, starfighters... Yeah, this is why. And I had one kid in the three classes that I talked to. I had one kid who was like, I know what that's from.
3: Oh, great. And that's I was like, a, That's hey, one more than I would expect. I said, I don't have favorite students, but I guess I do now. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned, um, you know, finding gifts to be passed around. And I recently tweeted that, uh, Dan, you're. It's probably been a while, but were you a Sesame Street watcher when Gonger appeared on the show? Gonger, who appears with Cookie Monster in the Monster Foodies segment?
0: No, I think Gonger. I've seen Gonger. um, Okay. Here's the deal. I'm familiar with the
3: character. Yes. Here's the deal. I am always skeptical of new characters. Gonger is a Grand Slam home run winner. Gonger is insane, is such a great counterpart to Cookie Monster, and I just, I love Gonger so much, and I had tweeted that I would pay top dollar for a gif of uh, Gonger when he says his, like, signature
2: line,
3: because he does this food truck segment where they make, like, he and Cookie Monster make this food. And I would do the voice, but there's no way of doing it quiet, quietly and my kid is asleep in the next room over. And I know that if she heard Gonger right now, she would go bananas. So I, of course, I get a tweet response with a gif of Gonger kind of going crazy. Didn't realize at first, turns out that it was actually Warwick Brownlow Pike, the puppeteer and voice of Gonger, who sent it to me. <laughs> so and he's been sending more and more and more gifts just being like that let me know if you've had enough and I'm just like keep them coming man and uh yeah love gonger big shout out to Warwick Brownlow Pike you're welcome on the show anytime you're probably not listening to this but you will be getting a tweet <laughs> maybe if we do a, a Sesame Street or Muppet movie cuz he was also part of the Dark Crystal series Who's a puppeteer. Oh. Uh, mm. like that. Yeah. So. Well, and who Certainly. knows, John, we may
0: someday cover the, the first movie that you saw on the big screen.
3: Right. Follow that bird. Follow that bird. Yeah. Which
0: I, I hope that, that, and, and if, if it so happens, and I say this also because movie theaters are reopening in Seattle this weekend, not that I will be going to one, mm. but I also share this because, I, I was there for that. And then also the last perhaps the last movie that uh, that at least I know I may see in a movie theater for quite some time, nineteen seventeen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of Which fun. I was thinking about today. I was Alamo like, Draft
3: House in Austin.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what, if if I if I don't see a movie in, in the theaters again,
3: and that's the last one, like pretty great, pretty great way to go out. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless otherwise- you were in 1917, not a good way to go out. <laughs> no, no. Meaning, no. meaning a character in it, not an actor in it. If yeah.
0: you were in World War One,
3: yeah. If you were, yeah, I uh, wasn't a pretty scene. So I, uh, you know, I mentioned the idea of having someone guest on the podcast. Uh, one of our past guests, Millie Decherico, uh, is starting a new podcast with Daniel Henderson called "I Saw What You Did." Uh, they program a double feature of their favorite movies with a different wild theme every week. I'm very excited for it. Uh, oh, yeah. This is not a a sponsored plug. I am just legit excited because Millie is hilarious. If you listen yes. to our episode on The Cutting Edge, you will agree with us because she is just so funny and you know so smart and she knows her shit. She's a programmer at Turner Classic Movies and TCM Underground and... And she's yeah.
0: passionate about what she does. She does like she loves. Yeah, I I had a very, blast talking to Millie.
3: Very much so. Uh, Dan, I'm just kind of rattling down my list because things are kind of segueing into each other. But do you have any news bits, or we'll, we'll get into one more things in a minute? No news bits. I, I don't. No. Do you have any one more things? And this would be talking about. Oh my god, what was the last one? Even trading places. Uh, trading places. Um. Oh, I, trading places is going to come up later on in this. No, yeah. it's going to come up on the next episode. <laughs> spoiler.
0: <laughs> I will see.
3: Well, that's a spoiler for me. I, um, you'll see. You'll you'll know. You'll uh, know. Okay. When you watch All it. right.
0: I. You know. I don't have anything right now. Um. I feel like or at some point earlier in the week there was something that. That struck me. Oh, I think it was kind of like a connecting point to this, that it's at a certain point during the week, I was like, we're getting the Cocoon alums, like, one after the other. Yeah, that's right. Here. Yeah. Uh it, It's too bad we're not going to, you know, that... are. Ne- I mean, even though it's, you know, it's October, so it's not too bad that our next movie is not a, a movie featuring someone like Wilford Brimley, but... It would be funny to kind of I don't know I just like seeing that the cocoon alums are keep popping up in our
3: right. Our and work. one thing that we totally neglected to mention on the Trading Places episode is Ralph Bellamy, who is in the Disorderlies. Oh yes, thank you. You looked there very was... confused. You're the one that brought it up to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you have to understand
0: you do understand it's so, yeah a long so week.
3: <laughs> Ralph Bellamy who played which Duke brother did he play Mortimer he was Mortimer right so he was I think, the no uh, wait I think he was the other one I can't remember the name though Randolph Randolph so he plays Albert Dennison in um disorderlies which is the you know old rich guy that is I don't know the one of the main core crew kind of becomes the unofficial but yeah he's the unofficial fourth fat boy yeah yeah pretty much so uh, yeah I I can't believe that we neglected to mention that because we kind of talked about everybody else in the cast except for Ralph Bellamy
0: because he's he's popped up now in in a couple of the movies, and for a move you know, an actor like Ralph Bellamy who did much of his work like in the forties, fifties, right? A lot of B B movies, um, not generally the the ones that that will come up on this show. So it's kind of it's cool to point out that like, all right, we're talking about Ralph Bellamy, yeah, fantastic.
3: Again, so so there's uh one kind of smaller news item that I wanted to mention. Uh, and it ties into uh, driving Miss Daisy because of the Jessica Tandy connection. But did you know that they're doing a NBC is doing a TV series of Fried Green Tomatoes? I thought I had read something about that. Yeah, with Reba McIntyre. Okay. Okay. Just a thing. It's All right. Just a thing.
0: So Fried Green Tomatoes. So Reba McIntyre. And I mean, I don't. It's been a long time since I've since I've seen that movie. Same I only here. saw it once. And it wasn't. Oh, yeah, I, I I don't remember feeling like, oh, okay, this is a movie I need to see again. I, of course, Ever. I was like, I don't know, uh, 13, 14 yeah, w- when that when that came out, and right. I mean, I don't know. I was twelve when Driving Miss Daisy came out, and I loved that back in the day.
3: Dan, I'm telling you, the the Hans Zimmer score has been stuck in my head all week. It's just so
0: do 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 damn do. catchy. Yeah, the it, all synth.
3: All synth. It, all synth, yeah. It just works. It is, it gets its little talons into your mind.
0: That it does. That it does.
3: That it does. That it does. Uh it does. yeah, so I have a very short synopsis because my options were a short synopsis or a really long synopsis beat by beat synopsis because this isn't the kind of movie where it's like twists and turns despite the fact that it takes place mostly in a car. But it you know, there's so many things that you can really like nuance talk about with just the synopsis. And it's more I feel of a like
0: character piece than a plot piece.
3: Yeah. So uh but briefly before synopsis, I mean this started off as a stage play and uh in Morgan Freeman Played Hoke in the in the stage play and uh, before driving Miss Daisy, you know he'd been in a, a f- he'd been in things, but like this is his first like major major role I believe. He was
0: in and he uh, he might have gotten an Academy Award nomination for this performance, but uh, I have to double check. He played a pimp in a 1987 movie starring Christopher Reeve called Street Smarts. Mm-hmm. And huh. I've never, I've never seen it. It's supposedly very good. I think Christopher Reeve plays a reporter. Oh, Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> different, different reporter. Um, let's see. Yeah, a New York ju- journalist lies when his fake story about a pimp. Morgan describes Freeman
3: was nominated for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor.
0: Yeah, so he plays this pimp that basically, like, I guess Christopher Reeve's character makes up some story about a, a pimp but it ends up being like real okay <laughs> so but yeah i remember kind of hearing that because morgan freeman really like 1989 it was a big year because yeah he was street smart also, was 87 yeah mm-hmm. but then you've got in 89 he's in driving miss daisy and he's also in glory
3: right which yeah. I
0: believe he's also nominated for.
3: It's really interesting to look at the Academy Awards for that year. I mean, I think that My Left Foot was the other like major film of the year. Driving Miss Daisy won. Best well, Born Picture. on the Fourth of July. Born on the Fourth of July uh, was another big one. Glory though was definitely up there. So what a year for Mr. Mr. Morgan Freeman. All right, so here's here's our little mini synopsis. After a foolish incident involving her car, Daisy Worthen insists that it's the fault with the car and not her declining ability to operate a motor vehicle. Seeing through her stubborn old lady bullshit, Daisy's son Bully, the owner of a major milling operation, insists upon hiring a driver for his mom. After meeting a bright gentleman named Hoke, an agreement is made and it is decided that Hoke will visit Daisy's home on the daily and drive her anywhere she damn well pleases. Though she is adamantly opposed to the arrangement, and also of Hoke in general, he endears himself to her after a moment of honesty and kindness involving a stolen can of salmon. From this moment in 1948, until Daisy is sent to live in a retirement community in 1971, the relationship between Daisy and Hoke has its ups and downs, but all in all, Hoke becomes Daisy's BFF. that's what I got. Uh, So Morgan Freeman is Hoke, Jessica Tandy is Daisy... The man of the month, Dan Aykroyd, is Bully, uh, nominated for his only Academy Award um, for this movie. Uh, playing his wife, Florine, is Patty Lapone, who's been just totally. Well, it's, this is more like towards the beginning of pandemic, but her Instagram, like maybe just like Instagram live videos giving tours of her basement, are absolutely inspired.
2: I got two minutes. I already yeah. made made a video and it won't download! So now I'm just wildly dancing! I got a really great one, but I can't send it. I showed you a whole bunch of shit, but. Look at this thing! Guess what it is! Okay, better view. Guess what it is! Bing, bing, bing! See? Wanna see? see it? Oh my god! Here we go! It's my ball! No it's not. Hey! Oh shit! Fuck this shit. Okay, well you know what? I got six seconds to play the next game. Alright, here we go. And bing! Okay, I don't know how long I can do this you guys. Because the video I just sent was pretty great and I can't download it. Because it's too long. What's with Twitter? What the fuck's with Twitter? Okay, okay. Bing! Come on baby. Come on baby. Sing to me baby. Sing to me baby. Sing to me. ba bing Okay. Do it okay yeah i love this game police force you'll never get me Copper. the jewels are mine okay i was gonna show you a whole bunch of things but i can't uh, the only thing i can do oh look at it i only a hot score hot score okay now i'm gonna show you i'm gonna show you because i don't know how much time i have i'm gonna oh jeez. i was gonna show you oh my god i'm gonna show you oh my god i can't show you anything as i'm playing pinball <laughs> um okay never mind okay I want to show you this and then we'll end it because it's, I can't, I have enough time. So this is, this is something, this is, I'm very proud of this. This is the second stage, all-star 1987, second stage, second prize for most time spent in the gutter. Who won first? Okay. You know what, you guys? I have so much to show you. These are cassettes. These are cassettes. Hmm. Cassettes. Um, okay. I got to stop. Bye. Um, And Esther
3: role is Idella. Um, those are kind of the core, the core crew, but it was, you know, I feel like Patty LuPone entered my consciousness after this phase. So I think that I, had I not known that that was her, I don't think I would have recognized that that was her. Oh, yeah. See, I, I knew about
0: her. She was on a, a TV show, actually, with Wilford Brimley called Our House. Oh, okay. And I remember watching that, uh, that uh, a family with a child with Down syndrome, the actor who played him actually had Down syndrome. We've talked about this before. Yes. Are you talking about um, Life Goes On? Life, life Goes, goes on. on. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patty LuPone was, was. Never mind. I. Yeah. Our, Wilford Brimley was on Our House.
3: She was Life Goes On. Uh, yes. I believe. I think she was the mother. Life Goes On TV series. Let's look at the cast, main cast. Um, Patty LuPone. That's right. Yeah. It's so funny because you definitely mixed up Life Goes On and yeah an hour I've definitely done it yeah so anyway Patty LuPone she's been active for such a long time you know she's been in it but I feel like just for me she's become part of the narrative I think because of her social media presence especially um yeah because I I don't think that I would really be seeing a lot of what she's she does a lot of theater right yeah yeah
0: yeah Patty LuPone she was the original Evita mmm on Broadway. Yeah. Why should President Trump come see your show?
2: Well, I hope he doesn't because I won't perform if he does. Really? Really? Tell me why. Because I hate the motherfucker. How's that?
3: She's she's great in this. She's uh, it's so great because Daisy like totally hates her. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and so so here are the things that I didn't mention this in the synopsis, uh, but are crucial to the story. The Worthens are uh, a Jewish family, and they do live in Georgia. And so you do have this blend of racism and anti-Semitism. Definitely more so racism, especially just, I mean, on its surface, the only black people that you see are the people who are the help. And uh, I think maybe during the scene where they go see or she goes to see Martin Luther King speak there might be like one black person in the audience um, um
0: yeah i'll be honest with you i did not make it to that point on this last viewing really okay yeah yeah i um you've had a week i oh i i've had a week but also like i watched the first half of it and it's been a long time since i've seen this movie and I've become just kind of aware of so much more and we've talked about it before on this show, but just history and um, you know, like we've talked about green book before and, and, right. and why like green book isn't really, you know, it might be a movie about, about race relations, but it's not really, it's not doing or saying anything. I was just, I couldn't watch this movie because everything Morgan for every. Yes, yes, yeah, every oh, and, right. and he's just always and, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I just wanna have one I just wanna I, I just wanna see like he kind of jokes with the guys in who are like, you know, working in her house yeah. a little bit, but he's oh yeah, she sure and I'm just like man, I just want him to be like she is a fucking Bitch, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I just want to be like, if she, I, she, he's like, if I, I can't keep this up much longer. Like, I want, I really just wanted that moment where, where Hoke is just like, it is exhausting to do all that. Yes, um,
3: right, bullshit yeah. all day. So it's, I'm glad that you're saying this, and I want to come back to it in a little bit. But I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, there's a lot of things that it that this movie kind of breezes past. That I wish that it would go into way more, such as the bombing of the synagogue that sh- that uh, Daisy goes to. I, uh, you know, they're driving to temple and there's a bunch of traffic and he finds out that the temple has been bombed and she kind of doesn't believe him at first, but it's like the anti-Semitism is only like touched upon and then they kind of go away from it.
0: It's used,
3: yeah. It's kind used of like
0: to create a false equivalency.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. I see the thing is, like, I want to talk about all the problems that I have with this, but uh, I'm trying to just like think if there's things that I want to cover. Like, there's so there's a whole thing about how Bully and Florine, you know, they have like a Christmas party and it's all to kind of make nice with all of the people that Bully, you know, is supposed to keep happy you know because he is a businessman he owns this milling company Uh, same similarly with when they're uh, going to see Martin Luther King speak he says that he can't go because what if X person sees him then they're gonna stop doing business with him if they see that he's sympathizing like you know playing sides and uh, you know those are these things where it's like I'd love to see this type of thing developed more the Christmas party, that
0: idea. So there was something that in watching the movie this time around, first time since, and, and look, I watched the, for a like kid in, in his teens. I watched driving Miss Daisy way too much. You weren't like the regular boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't because I like taped. dry. I got excited when driving Miss Daisy came out on VHS and I was like, Oh, great. Cause I was just like, Oh, one best picture and I can see this. And I watched yeah. it and it was like, and when you're a Jewish kid and you see someone who's Jewish on screen and you're like,
3: Oh, yeah, no, I totally, which is why we love school ties so much. Oh, God, school ties so <laughs> But school awesome. ties is badass.
0: Yeah. No, it's, uh, please. <laughs> school, t- school ties was not even nominated for best picture and school ties goes there. Oh, in, in and yeah. well, school that ties, Daisy doesn't school ties is not a coward no t- definitely not <laughs> so the Christmas but the idea because this always confused me as a kid but now I'm like okay alright I I get it I see it and this is where this is the point of this movie and this is really what it's about is that is it's white privilege it's I mean god Dan Aykroyd really uh has a theme running it's it's yeah. that it's that Bully and Florine, even though Daisy makes a comment about Florine's nose and how, you oh, know. Oh, right. Yeah. No, no she's one not going to fool anybody. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The fact that they can put on the guys and the fact that they can put on the show because that is all they want. They don't. Oh, that's all. And I'm, by they, I just mean like anti-Semitic Georgia community.
3: Right. So. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like it reminds me of, uh, you know, to tie it to personal experience when we were very young and we lived uh, at the end of a dead end street and we were the only non-Christmas celebrating family on the street and every other house would put out luminaries mm. lining the streets and everything and then it would be dark down by our end. And like the mom and dad got harassed
3: by neighbors. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know to yeah. what extent, but like... You know, it was a thing and they didn't want us to like celebrate Christmas. They just wanted us to put the shit out in front of our house. So that's basically yeah.
3: what they want. Ain't no such thing as Juminaries is all I'm saying. Oh, Psh, all right. <laughs> that was an all I, symbol. <laughs> that I don't,
0: what do you want me to do? All right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not Michael Winslow. I don't just sit here and like, I can't produce any sound. Call up the noisy man. So, um, but yeah, but I thought to myself, I was like, this is this amazing point that this movie is making is where even though, yes, Jews face prejudice and discrimination. And I uh, mean, you know, of course it, it, it happens every day and it's terrible, but when it comes down to it, yeah, we are protected to a certain extent. Absolutely. Yeah. And what Bully and Florine having the Christmas party does is just kind of shove it in the face Mm -hmm. that like, well, (laughs) we can pretend to not be Jewish. You can't pretend to not be
3: black. Right. Absolutely. Which that
0: is white privilege, basically. I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah. And this this is one of those things that Driving Miss Daisy just kind of like zips past and you know, and it's like, got to get to the next era. (laughs) It's kind of just like a, a race to the end. It's it's like reference. a it's
0: like a Forrest Gump at half the length, I guess. <laughs> yeah. it's like all right, we got it. next time Elvis comes to Miss Daisy's. And...
3: Uh, right, yeah. And I don't want to completely shit on the movie because this did come out in 89 and you know what? But so to do the right thing. <laughs> so to do the right thing, but like this is this is a turning point. Yes. I want no, you no. know what I'm saying hey. is like we're getting past the point where Two years earlier, Morgan Freeman is playing a pimp. The like, the Robert Townsend in uh, Hollywood Shuffle. In Hollywood Shuffle, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. always playing the pimps and, and those types of characters. And yes, Same he's year. playing... Same year Street Smart, yeah. And in, in just saying like, you know, yes, of course he is playing a chauffeur, but the point is a union between these two uh, races. And if this were to come out now the way that it was made n- no and you know the thing is like what green book i think did that made it even possible for people to think that it was worthy of an oscar which somehow it got is it had the the black person being the one being chauffeured and that's the, like the 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 just enough to get it so that people would be like but look, you know, it's a different situation even though of course it deals with you know the same well, issues, privilege. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll be
0: honest with you, I I think I could stomach Green Book a lot more now then driving Miss Daisy. And it's just, it's, it's another, like you said to it, like, how could it win the best picture Oscar? Well, what does the best picture Oscar really mean? I, that's, that's another thing that watching this movie kind of, I think another reason why I couldn't finish it was it just like I was shattered. I was like, I was like, God, the Oscar means nothing because the best picture of the year doesn't win. Best picture It wins like one of the screenplay awards,
3: which would you consider to be the best picture that year? Of 1989,
0: okay, mm. so, I mean, other than the Tim Burton's Batman, of course, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so of 1989, I would potentially go with Do the Right Thing, uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of movies that I haven't seen in a long time, Born on the Fourth of July is- yeah, I haven't seen that
3: one in a long time.
0: It is incredible, and I would have given Tom Cruise Best best Actor, probably, I'm trying to think of 1989, did Morgan Freeman win Best? No, he didn't win Best Actor. Um, no, no. I am I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but I know so, it wasn't Tom Cruise.
3: Yeah, um, I don't have everything right in front of but me. But ni- I mean, 1989. If you look at the interesting movies that came, out, I mean,
0: I would give Best Picture to Glory over Driving Miss Daisy.
3: So Best Actor, oh, Best Actor went to Daniel Day Lewis for My Left Foot. Oh, right, I uh, would give
0: Best Picture to My Left Foot before Driving yeah, Miss Daisy.
3: Uh, best Supporting Actor, Dan Aykroyd lost to uh, Denzel Washington for Glory. I mean yeah. what else which, which other ones do you want? I mean Jessica Tandy oh. won it for for driving Miss Daisy. And she's uh, wonderful. Director was Oliver Stone for Born on the 4th of July. Yeah. I uh, best actor Tom Cruise was nominated. Uh, Who else was and, nominated? So Robin Williams for Dead Poets Society and uh, Kenneth Branagh for Henry V. Oh right. And, yeah. Yeah and and then Daniel Day-Lewis and Morgan Freeman.
0: Yeah, I would easily give Best Picture to any of those other films. I mean, and we could start. Drugstore Cowboy came out in '89,
3: right? Not that Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, yeah, not that that's you know gonna stand up there, but I mean, yeah, like Dead Poet Society. I wouldn't give that Best Picture. Dead Poet Society's, but it's it's wonderful.
3: And and here's another thing: is it's like for me, the Best Picture of the year to me is the one. And we talked about this before that like stands the test of time. And I know that you can't tell (laughs) that in that moment, but I, for those movies, I will say like how many people are humming the score to my left foot right now? You know, like the,
0: what is the the, score?
3: Yeah. That's the thing is it's like, I'm trying to think for me, it's like the, the movies that stick with you that people still talk about years later and it's almost just like there needs to be an Academy Award like 20 years later about the year. So like the Hindsight this, Academy Awards, the Hindsight Academy Awards. Exactly. Which is just like, OK, Do the right thing sweeps. <laughs> yeah. Which the controversy for for Driving Miss Daisy winning is that people have been saying like, you know, in retrospect, it probably should have been my left foot. Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Of of the nominees, my left my left nominees. voice, right. but I mean, yeah, it was.
3: I'd love, Can we do a a hindsight awards?
0: Yes, I think of that's course, a great idea. Of course, we can. Why? Any? <laughs> does anyone object? Uh, I think so, that'd be really cool. So yeah, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is is amazing and wonderful, but he he totally. does he does have a lot of these the characters that I think it was Spike Lee who coined the phrase "magical Negro." Yeah. The black person that comes along and helps the white person figure everything out and be successful. Yeah. You know, the the legend of Bagger Vance.
3: It's yeah, it's the the manic pixie dream girl for race. Yes. <laughs> it's these broken people who need this this figure in their life to fix them.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah and so let me tell you the biggest thing that bothered me about driving Miss Daisy it was at the very end when, well, first you see Hoke with Bully at uh, Daisy's house when it's up on the market to be sold. And they're talking about like his grandkid and it's like, he has this whole life and never do we really learn about them. Never do we see anybody in his life except for the people that he works for. And, at the end, you hear Jessica Tandy, you know, Miss Daisy, say, like, you're my best friend. And I don't think he reciprocates that because I'm sure he's got a whole life. It brings me back to a time to kill. Our kids
0: ain't going to play together. Yeah. Like,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing.
0: Yeah. I want to see Hokes family. And we don't. Yeah. We like we don't know. Like, is he estranged from them or right. I wasn't even I, I, I was like. Yeah, unclear on it, because why would we, right, they're best friend. they have this relationship for all these years. I wouldn't
3: say they are best friends, he is her no. best friend. She is not yeah. his best friend.
0: True, yes, I, I agreed, yes.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, agree. <laughs> I'm sure he's come to
0: like her. Right, yeah, but we don't know, we don't know who his best friend is, we don't see him out. Yeah, it's some guy. Oh. The only time know. we see him out of context, as far as I can remember, is when he shows up to apply for the job. And then what does he do? He walks in and he tells the guy how to fix the elevator.
3: Right. It's You don't get much out of it.
0: It's almost as though it, it's like almost like Hoke should be some type of like there should actually actually should be revealed that he's some type of like guardian ghost? angel or something. Yeah.
3: Or <laughs> angels in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. Angels in the dr- <laughs> 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 so as we are laughing about driving miss daisy have you seen the uh the 1992 tv like the pilot for the the tv show that they were doing of driving miss daisy
0: i thought there was a tv dan show. it's okay. on
3: youtube it's right. there was only a pilot it is a multi-cam sitcom with a laugh track
4: hey hulk ah, mr weather come on nidella Morning, bully How are you? Living? Mm. What are you fixing pecan rolls for?
2: Same reason I've been fixing for the
4: last 35 years. Mama's Mahjong lady's coming this afternoon? This boy was always a brilliant thinker. <laughs> how are you doing today, Oak? Well, I'll be
1: honest with you, Mr. Weather. Since you done give me this fine-paying job, I can't find nothing to
2: complain about. I don't know why not. If looks could kill. Miss Daisy have this poor man laid out at the undertaker 10 times a day. <laughs> oh, she don't
1: mean nothing. She's just still getting used to having me drive her around. Mm,
4: good thing murder's still a crime in the state of Georgia. <laughs>
3: Your jaw is dropped. You're looking at me wide-eyed in disbelief. And that is I the go proper watch response. I want to watch it, it right is now absolute, this is what I wrote in my notes absolute garbage it is I, I absolute can't believe it. I garbage. was thinking
0: about it I was thinking about that earlier because as I was just kind of you know getting ready and doing some things I was like wait a second I could swear there was a uh, a, a TV series, am I remembering this correctly, like who was in it uh, but yeah I never I never followed
3: up on that Robert uh, Gulami, I don't know if Guillaume. I'm saying that, Robert Guillaume, Guillaume. Sorry, Guillaume. yeah, and I know he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, so he played Hoke. Uh, Joan Plowright, who the only thing I know her from was the like '90s Dennis the Menace movie. She was Mrs. Wilson, so oh, she plays. Oh no, uh, she's Daisy. also
0: yeah, Joan Joan Plowright. Yeah, she's been in a lot.
3: Yeah. Um, so when this yeah, was when this was about to come out, there was a, a huge uproar from a lot of I uh, I don't know community organizations that were just like. Uh, this is in real bad taste. Like they read the script and they were just like, this is bad. This should not be made. You absolutely need to not do this. Like do not air this. And they aired the pilot. I watched the one on YouTube that I watched was like, and coming up next, the golden girls move into the golden palace, like that type of thing. So it's, and it has that feel to it. You know, of course there's like the serious moments where like, one of her mahjong buddies like says something really racist and you know there's kind of like the ooh, (laughs) like I don't think they actually play that sound effect but it's almost like they would have.
4: Adela certainly hasn't lost her touch. I gain five pounds every time we play here. Really? Mm.
1: Well you're a fine looking lady so you just feel free to load up your plate much as you like.
2: (laughs)
4: Oh, is anybody going to hear Eleanor Roosevelt at the auditorium? Knows the old Eleanor Rosie. Daisy is crazy about old Snoopy drawers. Beulah, why is it you never miss an opportunity to say something asinine? And why is it you never miss an opportunity to be a big know-it-all? Girls, quit squabbling. Let's get back to the game. Mm-hmm. Your blessed Saint Eleanor is a loudmouth old busybody who never does anything but stir up trouble everywhere she goes. Well, I suppose she was stirring up trouble when she helped start the United Nations. United Nations is a communist organization. <laughs> You're a fool, Builder. So are you halfwit. You're the halfwit. I <laughs> wouldn't walk across the street to hear that nigger lover. I think the game is over for today. Oh, honestly, I certainly didn't mean anything I'm not interested in what you meant. It's what you said that bothers me. I won't have that kind of filth in my house, even when it's born out of pure stupidity. And I will not be insulted like that. Come on, Clemmy, let's go. Hoke and I will be glad to drive the girls home, won't we, Hoke?
1: Yes, ma'am. We sure will.
4: So you can just go on by yourself. Oh and you are right about one thing you should definitely stay away from the pecan roll
3: <laughs> But you know it's got a lot of yesems in it and things like that where it's just like oh, this is and, just in bad taste and and sorry but to keep it also like
0: just in context it's like yes we understand that a realistic portrayal of this time period would Starting include, in 40s, yeah. would include the, like doing all the yes, stuff. Sure. But, but you can't tell me that it, that a realistic portrayal also wouldn't show those. I'm going to knock that bitch's head up right off her skinny little neck. If she talks (laughs) to me like that again, like you can't tell me those moments don't happen. I mean, geez, they, they happen in Downton Abbey though. They're still classy. Right. I lady Mary's in a snit today. Isn't
3: she? (laughs) Downton Abbey is a really good example of like, you know how to do this type of story well and like give it time to develop and show all the sides behind it. Well,
0: but also Julian Fellows and uh, I would say this because Gosford Park came before Downton mm-hmm. Abbey and Gosford Park was a great movie because it really showed the, you know, the, the upstairs downstairs yeah. relationship and, and, and all the, you know, the, the, you know, that this, the serpents, uh, you know, they're doing what they're doing because they need the job. Yeah, the <laughs> job.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah, so mm. there also was a a filmed version of uh, the stage play that came out in 2014. I don't know if they just aired it on TV or... Uh, it was PBS or, B- or BBC. Yeah, something like that. And that one featured James Earl Jones as Hoke. And as of the day we're recording this, the the 16th of October, it is Angela Lansbury's 95th birthday. She was Miss yes. Daisy. So happy birthday, Angela Lansbury. Yes. We're not pouring, we're not we're raising a glass. That's what we we're doing. We
0: are toasting Angela Lansbury. May she live to write a th- to, to write a thousand more murders.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, and I believe that that one actually came out to critical acclaim. Uh, it was pretty well received, if I remember correctly. The play, when, in 1988, won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was an off-Broadway play. And I believe it's also a much more simplified version Like you can't do nearly as much just in the fact that it's a a stage play, but I think that there's like way fewer characters. I don't think that Florine is in it. Um she might she might be. Um, but it might not it might just be Yeah,
0: I'm trying to remember. I actually have read the play. It's been Mm. a long, long time. Yeah, I I did find though that the adaptation, I think this is interesting because you always Hear about, well, Driving Miss Daisy is one of those movies that won Best Picture without even having a Best Director nomination.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this is directed by Bruce Beresford. If you don't recognize his name, it's because he, you know, didn't do a lot that really hit the way that... Crimes of the Heart? Yeah, just not much that hit the way that, like, Driving Miss Daisy hit. What do we have? Uh, Just kind of going through his Double Jeopardy... Her alibi. There really isn't much here that I've even heard of.
0: I've heard of of
3: both of those. Um, well, no, but I'm saying those are the no. ones that I've heard of yes. amongst yeah. like his list. No, of films. he did.
0: He had he had a couple of of uh, film dramas that did pretty well mm. in the mid '80s, and so he got this. But I have to say, I get why he didn't get nominated as best director. I wonder if. I maybe not having an like an American direct it like there might have been he's something Australian missed. I think yeah 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 so he's Australian I I mean I felt I also felt like the 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 screenplay adaptation was still pretty theatrical mm-hmm. especially there's there's some moments there was like one moment with with Aykroyd where I was just like I can picture this on Broadway stage right now yeah. This yeah. exact performance.
3: And, you know, on the topic of Aykroyd, this is October after yeah. all. Act- oh, we'll talk about all. him. Oh, we'll talk about him? Let's talk about him now. Well, I, fi- I figured we were going to
0: talk about, like, yeah. Dan Aykroyd's performance, it's, you know. I
3: I don't know if I would consider this to be an Academy Award-worthy performance. I no. uh, I've watched him in, especially this month, so many things where I feel like, he contributes so much more in his acting talents. My girl. Uh, my girl for perfect example. Um. Yeah. yeah. And this one is just like because the movie had become such an awards y kind of movie, it's just like, all right, well, who from Driving Miss Daisy would be go for a supporting? Aykroyd? All right. <laughs> you know, it's well, I feel like he it's was, that kind of thing. But he was the only
0: nominee in that category. Uh, I think, from, who was in a Best Picture nominee, or that might be wrong, because uh, I feel me see like Denzel I Washington, have... I, Glory must have been nominated for Best Picture.
3: Uh, that is a great question. I'm going to investigate that now.
0: Yeah, what I thought, and, and and I I couldn't help thinking this, and maybe it's just because of all of the Grisham movies that I watched back in, in July. Mm-hmm. I felt like Dan Aykroyd went to the Grisham School of Southern Accents. It's oh, yeah. Just, he sounds very Harabrex. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Uh, oh, come so let's on, see. old girl. <laughs> totally. Uh, let's see what we got here. So Glory was not nominated for Best Picture. It was My Left Foot, Field of Dreams, Dead Poets Society, ah. Born on the Fourth of July and Driving Miss Daisy.
0: Oh. Yeah. I had always just been under the belief that Glory had been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I forgot that Field of Dreams was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah,
3: Best Director. We have uh, Jim Sheridan for My Left Foot, Kenneth Branagh for Henry V, Peter Weir for Dead Poets Society, Woody Allen for Crimes and Misdemeanors, and the winner Oliver Stone for Born on the Fourth of July.
0: That's problematic. Nineteen eighty nine. I think nineteen eighty nine is a big hindsight year. Yeah,
3: and looking well, looking at Best Actress. So Jessica Tandy won, but looking at the other nominees. Was
0: Michelle Pfeiffer nominated? Michelle that Pfeiffer
3: year. was nominated for the Fabulous Baker Boys. Uh Jessica Lang nominated for Music Box. Pauline yes. Collins oh. for Shirley Valentine. And Isabel Isabella Johnny for uh Camille Claudel. Uh Ishtar's Isabella Johnny. Yes.
0: The very talented Isabella Johnny. Yeah, man, those were all like great performances, too, at least the ones I've seen. But, because I remember Michelle Pfeiffer, in, which I haven't seen Fabulous Baker Boys in, in forever, but...
3: I guess I watched it probably in the past decade.
0: Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't think I watched it since I watched it on VHS.
3: I'm a big Bo Bridges guy. What can I say?
0: Why not, man? Bo Bridges <laughs> is awesome. I'm a big, Jeff. I, I'm a fan of I, them all. Yeah. I just, it's not a movie that I'm like, oh, yeah, that that's a good time. Uh, yeah. But music box. I remember watching. I, that's another one that I haven't seen. But I'm that's not familiar a familiar with that one. But Jessica Lang is great. It is. It, it is really... I think she in that discovers that it, it has to do with the Holocaust. But I think mm. she discovers that her grandfather might have been a guard in a concentration camp or something Ooh, like that. I don't. Yucky. I'm I'm sketchy on the details. But I, rem, I that movie. I remember being being very good. And Jessica well, Lang.
3: You know what? I just watched uh, that features Jessica Lang, Cape Fear. I knew you were going to say Cape Fear. Did you? I was
0: hoping. I was I was about to say it. I was about to say, oh, Cape Fear cuz I do lo- I love me some Cape Fear.
3: I just watched it the other night. I uh, it just kind of presented itself to me on one of the streaming platforms and I was like, haven't watched this in forever and uh, man, it's good. It is so good. I I watch
0: that one I would say every few years when I'm in the mood for like a good thriller that is uh you know, it's violent, it, it's, uh, you know, it's scary, but it's a little bit more just like you're just like in, well, like stunned and, and, uh, yeah. But the, the acting is, is great and it's a wonderful idea of, of Juliette Lewis, just amazing use of, of, of ringing
3: telephones. And speaking of people going to the, uh, the, the John Grisham, Joel Schumacher School of Southern Accents, Robert De Niro's accents. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Oh, it's
0: (laughs) so wonderful, so So, wonderful. uh, Yeah. Speaking of
3: other movies that I I watched uh, this past week, I also decided in in the spirit of October, I watched Coneheads uh, because we had talked about it, and I feel like that movie actually is a more important watch right now than a movie like Driving Miss Daisy because. I didn't even re- realize it, but it's all about the INS. Like the villain is the INS trying to track him down the entire time and watching Michael McKeon and David Spade from INS doing all of the other things that they're doing to try to, uh, like setting a border, like explosive border walls and like things like that, where it's just like, holy shit, like under this current and hopefully not for too much longer administration, like Michael McKeon's character would be uh, in the cabinet for sure, at least for for you know I don't know a week, a few but... months until However, he gets uh, indicted. Yeah. Three uh, the <laughs> other, yeah, right. Another movie that I watched actually last night because I was in the Morgan Freeman mode was Seven, and I noticed Morgan Freeman in Seven, his apartment has the same kitchen floor as uh, Daisy Worthen's kitchen floor. I know it's a very typical pattern, the like black and white check pattern. (laughs) Why was this not in the IMDb trivia? This seems Because you're hearing
0: it here first. But this seems like, I'm sorry, sometimes when I'm looking at IMDb trivia, it's the most ridiculous thing. I feel like
3: there should be a a section instead of trivia that's just like coincidences. Coincidences, yeah. Or just like extra information. (laughs) Like trivia, the people define trivia in such bizarre ways on IMDb. Facts.
0: Definitely. <laughs> um yeah.
3: Um so anyway, yeah, back
0: to Dan Aykroyd. So he yeah, he does he gets nominated. He's the second back to act. The second uh Saturday Night Live alum to get nominated for an Academy Award. Only a oh. year after Joan Cusack of Gross Point Blank oh, gets nominated Johnny. for Working Girl. Right. Yeah. Right. So but Dan Aykroyd getting his his nomination 1989 is a big year for the Ackman Ghostbusters the 2.
3: Ackman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ghostbusters 2. Everyone will say what they will. I find it very enjoyable. It's I, a huge
0: hit. I mean, like, regardless well, of,
3: I mean, it's absolutely. a fun movie,
0: it's not the first, it's, it's, it's not the original, no. but like, no, it's I, so I don't know if we're ever going
3: to do a Ghostbusters episode but you know it's it was coming off the heels of the Ghostbusters the real Ghostbusters animated series and the popularity of that so all of the characters have a more cartoonish quality they actually make Janine look more like the character in the cartoon uh in her hair and I believe glasses And and Slimer
0: is is like working with them (laughs)
3: yeah well not as not
0: as Uh, much but they Uh, they hint they they kind of hint at it a little bit
3: it's yeah it's truly bizarre and uh it's it's a wonderful a wonderful film but they introduced some great characters so good right
0: like vigo vigo is a villain that has stood the test of time
3: absolutely you see the 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 painting of vigo gets spread around online all the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just like 19, you know, it's like, if we're talking about movies that stand the test of time, Ghostbusters 2, definitely more so than, I don't know, Glory? Uh, <laughs> my left Daisy? foot. Well, what else comes out in 19, 19-
0: UHF comes out in
3: 1989. Oh, I'd say that's, if I was judging, that's my best picture. It's got everything.
0: Yeah. In, including an, an Academy Award. Right. in That's <laughs> right. In the, yeah, right. In, in the beginning. But yeah, I agree with you getting back to the um the best supporting Acroyd
3: nomination. Uh <laughs> best supporting Acroyd. <laughs> what if that was just an award? <laughs> Dan Acroyd wins it every time by default. Well, what what about Peter Acroyd gets nominated? Oh, Peter Acroyd who is in and co-wrote our next movie, which we'll get to shortly. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So Dan, so, uh,
3: what would, what would you do with this? I mean, I know this is a tough one because clearly we, we don't like this movie. <laughs>
0: well, it's just, it, yeah, it, there were a lot of things that went wrong with it and it could be done much better. So, although I wouldn't say, I don't think it, it would be worth it to, you know, try to like rewrite Driving Miss Daisy, like to do a remake of Driving Miss Daisy, but where you write it so that it's better and more yeah like believable i just don't think that's worth it so a couple of ideas that i um that i had you you could go the sequel route and especially if you're gonna set something today with you know you will hoax grandson who but now it would be like hoax great 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 grandson great 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 or great great grandson i don't know because yeah, if great the, great. the movie ends in, like, 1971... Yeah, I'd say great, yeah.
3: great. Makes sense. And Well,
0: because if you think about Bully in 1948 is, what, around, like, 40 is supposed to be? Yeah, probably. So, if depending on when... It depends on when you're setting it, of course. But if you were to set something today where it's, like, imagine, like, hoax descendant, like, comes to, like, you know, I don't know, get, like, reparations or something... And finds and finds them, or one of the things I was thinking of was some type of a, um, you know, political angle where maybe it's like bullies, bullies son or bullies grandson has become like a big conservative. You know, they all the, they love him because he's a southern Jew conservative. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and, and that maybe you have, uh, descendant of hoax, maybe involved with, you know, black lives matter in Mm -hmm. Atlanta who kind of, and the end, you know, it's not, it can't be one of those things where it's like, they know each other, but maybe where it's eventually you, you have that connection. Although then how do you market it as a, as a sequel?
3: Right. Maybe the connection is like, you know, back in the seventies, Daisy set up like a trust, that becomes available in like 2020 or something and it goes to the like next of kin for both her her and hoke i don't know
0: um but anyway but that's not because also like what's the the purpose what what's the point of doing that when we have original stories that are also approaching the same themes so my What I really would like to see happen goes back to one of the original casting considerations by the studio, because at a certain point, the studio wanted this movie to star Bette Midler and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And who are now age, perhaps more age appropriate. (laughs) But I would love to see an a completely just I mean, like bordering on, like, minstrelly satire mm-hmm. of it. Eddie Murphy and Bette Midler going to town improvising in a musical. A musical? <laughs> like, the. Like the driving Miss Daisy, where and Eddie Murphy, who who is so good at doing the takes to the camera and breaking the fourth wall, Mm -hmm. where Eddie Murphy is the hoke who actually does step out of character and tell to the audience, "Like if I have to say this one more time, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna lose my shit, and like all I want to do is go home and get drunk right now. Why do I have to drive her to the piggly fucking wiggly?" Yeah, Uh, and I, I just – I kind of feel like if you're going to do anything with it, Eddie Murphy, Bette Midler, when Broadway can reopen, it would sell all the tickets in in the comed- – like get like, I don't know, Trey Parker to direct it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And just like d- driving Miss Daisy but the way you want to see it now. I, right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to be pitching this to Bette Midler or Eddie Murphy anytime.
3: Nor today. should you. So, no. Or um, what if it's what if it's Eddie Murphy and Patty Lupone? <laughs> I just love my Patty Lupone. She's great. Well, and
0: Patty Lupone and Bette Midler have shared roles. Uh, they both were in Gypsy. They played Mama Rose. Uh, in Gypsy.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: So um, you could potentially have Patty Lupone take over for Bette after her limited run. There you go. And 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 then uh, yeah. I don't
3: uh. yeah, I don't know. It's such a complicated property to like even experiment with in terms of like bringing it back. Uh, the only thing I could think was if you do a series, not a mm-hmm. sitcom multicam with a laugh track, but you know, really give it the the time it needs to explore hoax life. And, you know, maybe also Idella. You know, we don't know anything about her except that she, you know, cooks. It's and
0: also yeah. problematic.
3: Very yes. problematic. Uh, but, you know, if you have the time to explore the characters and their worlds, you know, maybe it would help give a little bit more of the reality to, like, what the situation would have been like. And, and maybe, you know, if you did want to still keep this aspect of it, like go deeper into the anti-Semitism, like really get into that. And they show Daisy and Bully in a way that like they really don't have they don't show any negative effects to the fact that they are Jews in the South. It's just things that are spoken about. And the one thing that gets even close is when they get pulled over and then they let them go. So then it's like, they don't really it's experience that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very weak. Well, so y- yeah, you could do it as a series. You
0: could do, you You could potentially do a series kind of like in, uh, in the style that this is us does like the jumps in time. So you could potentially I have, it. I mean, I've, I, I've i seen part of an episode, but like they, they kind of go back and forth. In time. So you could do something like that where you're showing different phases of their relationship, but maybe you're not doing it chronologically and you do dig in more and you really do get to see just not just their story, but like, you know, what it is, what is it like to be Jewish and black in Atlanta, Georgia in the 1940s, 1950s, mm-hmm. so on, yeah. so on and so forth. I did just have another idea. And this would be kind of taking it off into a slightly different direction. But so Alfred Urey based this play on the relationship that his grandmother
3: mm-hmm. had
0: with her driver. And it's based on that. So I'm thinking, what if the driver of that, like the, the, a descendant of the driver, the real person, Maybe you, you have a a movie, you have a story set in, you know, 1990, 1991, where he's like, my family isn't seeing any of the money from this movie. So like, you, you used my, you you made my, you know, whatever, you made my grandfather look like a step and fetch it. Yeah. Uh, what, where's you exploited that? You got a Pulitzer Prize. This movie got an Oscar. So like actually someone coming to for Alfred Yuri and to like to either sue Alfred Yuri or to just like contact him and be like, you haven't con- you haven't actually reached out to our family. You right. just wrote this story that you remembered. Like my grandfather hated your grandmother.
3: Yeah. It drove him crazy. It would almost be like the rumor has it for driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Honestly, like
0: (laughs) that's kind of what I was thinking was like a rumor has it, but, you know, good. Um, But also dramatic. Hey, Mark Ruffalo's great. Dramatic. Yes. There's nothing against the people involved with rumor. I mean, Rob Reiner directed. I love Rob Reiner. I'm just messing around. It's fine. Okay. Um, (laughs) Just in case, you know, I don't want Rob to think any less of me uh i certainly don't think any less of him he listens of course yeah so yeah th- um but i mean really is there a need is anyone clamoring for this no
3: no uh there there's a couple of things that i i wanted to mention before we wrap up one is that this movie won the academy award for best makeup it spans decades Clearly, you have Dan Aykroyd aging quite a bit. Jessica Tandy, they age her quite a bit. I got to say, Morgan Freeman, they don't do too much. And I don't want to adopt another culture's, uh, you know, phraseology, but black don't crack. And Morgan Freeman's character, like, he, you know, he his, his posture is a little different. But that's all Morgan Freeman, baby. Yeah,
0: no, it... it... It's, it's in the performance, but yeah, I, th- I did think the makeup like was done pretty, was done pretty well. I don't, I don't have a dog in that fight. Who would I have given the makeup
3: to? Batman. <laughs> uh, now I'm curious to see what the other uh, nominees were. I it, like, no one is, no one in history has ever looked this up. Uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen and uh, Dad. Oh,
0: with Jack Lemon and Ted Danson.
3: Yeah, that's right. What's funny is I just saw the like I don't know, I think it's streaming somewhere and it just popped up like yesterday for me.
0: Weird. I don't know, I think for Best Make for makeup at Baron Munchausen.
3: I would say probably. Mhm. In terms yeah. of the visuals, yeah. Yeah, and uh uh, one other thing is, uh, and I'm not gonna to name names. I, I want to respect the anonymity, but uh, what would go into the actual trivia? You know, we do know one person who owns one of the driving Miss Daisy cars. That's yes, that's true. Yeah, I don't we know do which know car.
0: Who... Do you know which? Car? I want. I I want to say it's like the first, the one. first
3: with the like Hudson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I yeah. think that's the one. But yeah,
3: that's just a little stupid thing. But I want to go back to the makeup thing really quickly. Because one movie that I think does uh, a, a much better job with makeup, especially with Dan Aykroyd's makeup, is the movie that we're going to be <laughs> talking about on our next episode.
0: Oh my yes, prosthetics abound. So uh anything else to add before we uh Nothing. wrap Fuck this it up? Movie. Okay. Move on. So talk about a I was so childhood. nervous because
3: I know that this was like your like favorite movie when you were twelve.
0: But like, It was not
3: my favorite movie, but I did like it a lot. I enjoyed it. I was nervous it. that like I was gonna be like holding back because you cared for this movie, but oh, learning no. that oh, your was, views have changed is uh I was so like
0: I, I kept being like, no, I can't tell John that I only watched half the movie until we're actually recording. <laughs> so I just say, I turned that shit off. I couldn't no, watch Morgan you Freeman did, do another yes'm. You did the right thing. I, oh shit. Yeah. I threw a trash can through the window of that pizza parlor. <laughs> um, so, Radio Rahim. Uh, next episode. Yeah. Next episode for our final episode of October. We are going to look at Dan Aykroyd's, uh, as far as I know, one and only yeah, directorial first and last, first and last project as a director, the
3: 1991 comedy cult classic, cult, comedy cult, thrill cult? If you want to go for the arachnophobia uh, portmanteau.
0: I, it's been a long time. Oh yeah, the thrill Yes, that's right. Arachnophobia did co- coin that. But we're talking about nothing but trouble. We've got we've got Mr. Ackroyd,
3: John Candy, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, Taylor Negron. Uh, you've got so you've got you're right. You've got John Candy. You've got John Candy. You have Dan Ackroyd. You have Dan Ackroyd. You have Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, Taylor Negron. Uh, amazing. Was this you where have- Dan was? Was this where Eddie Murphy learned how to do, like, you know, just oh throw a shitload of prosthetics
0: and play five characters?
3: Yeah, right. Uh maybe. We'll talk about it on the next episode.
0: All right, John. Well then. On your way to the Piggly Wiggly, you have yourself a good journey. Good journey.
1: Right, man. What, what is it, man, what's this, man? Yeah, Kane. What's up, G? Yo, man, me and IQ got this news episode in a second with it. Yeah, Megan. Go- Burn, Hollywood, burn. I smell a riot going on. First they're guilty, now they're gone. Yeah, I'll check out a movie. But it'll take a black one to move me. Get me the hell away from this TV. All this news and views are beneath me. So all I hear about is shots ringing out. I'm about gangs putting each other's head out. So I'd rather kick some slang out. Alright, fellas, let's go hang out. Hollywood or would they not? Make us all as bad like I know. Things I'll never forget, yeah. So step and best this shit. For all the years we've looked like crowns. The joke is over. Smell the smoke from all around. Single bitch wanna see me? Big Daddy smooth word to mother. Let's check out a flick that exploits the color. Rolling through Hollywood late at night. Red blue lights with a common sight. Pull to the curb, get blind like a sucker. Don't fight the power, the motherfucker. As I walk the streets of Hollywood Boulevard, thinking a hard it was for those who started the movie, portraying the roles of butlers and maids, slaves and hoes. Many intelligent black men seem to look uncivilized when on the screen. Like, I guess I figure you to play some jigger boot on the plantation. What else can a nigga do? And black women in this profession, after playing a lawyer. Out of the question, for what they played, Angie Mama is the perfect term. Even if now she got a perm. So let's make our own movies like Spike Lee. Cause the bullies being awful don't strike me. There's nothing that the black man could use to earn. Burn Hollywood, burn. Now, we're considering you for a part in our new production. How do you feel about playing a controversial Negro? Yeah, I'm with it. You mean somebody like you would be Luna Egg Drop Brown, right? Well, it's a servant, offer that shuffles a little bit the sink. Yo, man, what? Burn, Hollywood. Burn, burn, Hollywood. Burn, burn. Get down with the PE. Hollywood Boulevard Exploits the color of many intelligent black men. I smell a riot going off, I smell a riot going off. I smell a riot going off, Fight the power. Get down with the PE. Controversial Negro. A controversial Negro. Yo, man, what? bullshit your that. Hey, Q, you okay, can't play. Listen, I hope you ain't wasting my time. You know how I feel about giving these movies my money. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. It's going to be dope, man. chill, man. Hey, I'm chill, too, man. But you know what I'm saying? I just don't I, I can't go for the steel Magnolia shit. You know what I'm saying? It's cool, man. It's cool. Ladies and gentlemen, today's feature presentation: Driving This Daisy. No, man. Just what I'm, I'm at talking it, about. And shit. Yo, I'm out man. At it, man. Hey, yo, check it out, man. I got Black Seas at the crib, man. Y'all want to go check that out? Yeah.
2: That's the idea. We could have rolled it from the beginning. Y'all, i it, man. Fuck
1: Hollywood, man.